Welcome back to the Two Guys One Plant Podcast. We are a sometimes weekly podcast <laughs> where we deep dive into different plants and vegetables. We talk about the history, nutrition. We talk about medicinal uses, if there are any. We also talk about cooking it and growing it for yourself. My name is Simon Hall, and my co-host with the longest hair of any human being in the world is Timothy Aikerman. Mate, that is a very big call that you're making about my hair. <laughs> well, it's 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 quite long. It yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh no, it's good to be back, mate. We're mm. yeah, we're here again. Yes. Thank you for everyone for your patience while we took a week off. Yeah, it was um we needed a we needed a small break, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think most people are, um, have had their struggles through this uh, period. You know, we're going through this pandemic and the coronavirus and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, and I'm, I'm just speaking for myself and not, not for you, but uh, I, I was definitely starting to struggle um, mm. just with the, in Melbourne, for people who don't know, we had stage four restrictions and without going into too much detail, basically the most restrictions of any place anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really starts to affect you uh, yeah. mentally, mainly. And, uh, you know, you and I both decided that for our mental health, we needed a break. Yes. And uh, I, I think it's really important to recognise uh, mental health, particularly as, as men, you know, and I don't want to exclude the women from this, but, but as men, you know, we live in this society where, it's not cool, I guess, to, you know, even talk about your mental health or even admit that, uh, you know, you might be feeling low or flat or, you know, you're not some macho ready to go all the time bloke. And yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I think it's important that we recognize it and at least speak to someone or reach out and, you know, you and I have been pretty open with each other about where we're at and yeah. Um, we, we just needed a break. We did. Absolutely. I definitely needed a break. I was fatiguing immensely. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I think you're definitely right there. Sometimes it is overlooked. I feel like we're getting better as a society in terms of recognizing that mental health is big for everyone. Um, And I think that, you know, I I know we're, we're just talking about men at the moment because we're men. Mm. Uh, and we're not women. So, I mean, I can't really speak to, to that, but, uh, I, I do think it's getting better and there are more men talking about it, which is, which is nice. The fact that we can have an honest conversation, you know, apart from the podcast about our mental health, I think is, you know, uh, a sign of how far things are coming. Yeah, definitely. I reckon, you know, 20 years ago, it sounds weird to say, but when I was in my late teens, early 20s. Um, <laughs> you old bugger. <laughs> it's crazy. But I, I was one of those blokes, you know. It's like 10 oh, yeah. foot tall and bulletproof and, you know, mm-hmm. I was always okay and nobody ever knew my mental state. And I would hazard a guess at saying even I didn't know my mental state. Yeah, That's yeah. how much you just ignore it. Well, that's how much I ignored it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I've really become, especially the last five years, really passionate about men's health, 
yeah. and not just mental health, but men's health in particular, you know, just going to see the doctor and mm. all that sort of stuff. Cause we don't do it as men and we should. No, absolutely. Oh, look, I, uh, I think I've gotten, I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I'd say over the last three years, I've seen massive changes in myself and also with you, like our conversations have changed over the last three years and we've known each other for coming up to 20. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a big difference in, in how we talk and, and being comfortable enough to say, how are you doing? Like, how's your mental health at the moment? Like, you know, just actually saying that to someone, like, that's just big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would never have asked you that a few years ago. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's, it is, it's quite, um, it's quite mm. strange to think about, but it ha- has become, uh, it plays a central role in a lot of conversations I have with people now rather than mm. just going, yeah, how you going, mate? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually interested in how your mental health is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I and I also think it's it's actually quite important to speak to it. Mm-hmm. You know, by, by giving it a voice, you can actually work on things. You know, yeah. when, when you keep these things bottled up inside and you, um, it may be fine to talk about it in your own inner voice, but, you know, when you actually verbalize things, it actually gives gravity to what you're saying. Mm. And, you know, you're letting people in to help you as well. And, and even just sometimes just talking about it out loud with somebody else can help immensely. Oh, a hundred percent. And yeah. and that's the, the biggest hurdle as men, you know, you, you, you've just got to verbalize it. And then, yeah. and then it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's all good, but <laughs> the hardest part I think as a man is done because you've said something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely true. Definitely true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, we can, I think it's just good that we can talk about it now. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, we, we took a break because we needed it and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're back. We are with a fury. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, on, on that note, we probably should say that the podcast is going to change slightly going forward. Uh, these episodes will be coming out fortnightly instead of weekly uh, purely because we are, well, there's a couple of things. We're planning some other things which we need time to develop, uh, which are going to be very exciting things for the podcast, which we can't really get into now. We've hinted on things before, but, you know, we need a bit of extra time to actually prepare these things. And also we need to give ourselves um, uh, room to breathe to make sure that we're delivering the best podcast every week. You know, we don't want it to get dry. Yeah, that's right. And it became increasingly difficult to turn around weekly. Some of those, and the people that have been following from the start, some of those episodes were big. Yes. And it's hard to turn them around in a week. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, research, you know, yeah. and that's just one aspect of it. Yeah. There's, I mean, I mean, you do all the editing, mate. Like, <laughs> yes. for for those that don't know, Simon edits every podcast, um, mm. so his workload is double mine. Yeah. Well, look, it's there's just a lot of work involved in putting something together. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not just the podcast. It's we, we we write articles that go with each podcast. We find recipes that go with each podcast. We you know, there's, there's a lot of background stuff that happens. Mm. And when you tack that on with full-time work for multiple 
well, for me, multiple businesses. Yeah. For Tim, he's full-time as well. So mm. it's just, you know, there's a lot of work there. And we've got two newborns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some might it, say, why are you doing this? It's and pretty funny. Well, you I know, often ask myself the same thing. <laughs> but here we are. We're not complaining. No, we're, I love it. No, we're adjusting to make it work better. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, there you go. There's the most boring intro to a, no. <laughs> so what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was very unplant related, but mm. uh, uh, an important intro do. Intro, intro do. Intro do. Intro do. Yeah, intro deduction. <laughs> there was an intro deduction to the next part of this podcast. Okay. Uh, so we're doing bok choy today. We are. I'm bok- just going to throw it in there real quick. We do, yeah, we're, we're doing bok choy. <laughs> okay. okay, cool. Oh, man. Speaking of bok choy, and this is totally unrelated to bok choy, but mm-hmm. it's an Asian vegetable. I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying it's an Asian vegetable, but <laughs> um, I watched the funniest... Uh, the funniest like YouTube clip the other day. Uh, Jamie showed it to me. And have you have you seen Uncle Roger? No. Oh my god, it's the best. Okay, Is it? so it's this guy uh, like heavy Asian accent. He's I think he's Chinese. Anyway, he calls himself Uncle Roger. I think he plays it up a little bit. Um, but basically, he he watches these clips of people cooking Asian food and just like stops the videos and goes why are you doing it like this that's not how you're supposed to do it and like i think i think jamie shared something on socials yes. but i didn't i didn't see it yeah oh you've got to watch it okay yeah I'll i think look it's it up. uncle roger uh criticizes jamie oliver cooking fried rice or something egg fried like rice yeah, oh yeah. my god yeah it's hilarious it's oh, i'll look it up i've ever seen anyway yeah so very unrelated but yeah mm. Cool. So two weeks have passed. Have you done anything exciting? Oh, uh, yes. Actually, yes. Uh, I had, um, so, uh, you know, as some of the work that we do is with Messy Veggies and as part of that, we get to try a lot of plant-based food that's coming out, some new things that are happening. You know, some of our other writers get to try things as well when they're just launching from restaurants and cafes. Um, I got to try um, this thing called Future Sushi. Mm-hmm. And is did I send you, you a picture? You sent me the screenshot, yeah? <laughs> yes, yes, I sent you a picture. Man, that was crazy. Oh, my God. So it's basically a completely plant-based sushi and they're doing like Korean barbecue rolls and, um, you know, California rolls and, you know, fake crab, fake duck, the whole works. They've got like this bits of tuna and salmon that sit over the top of your rice. Oh, that's the picture you sent me. It looks so real. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. It tastes very close to real. Yeah. I'm not going to say it tastes real because it's not. The, the pictures look amazing. The taste is very close. And I'm actually super comfortable with how it tastes because it's not too close. It's not too fishy. You know when... Mm-hmm you add artificial fish taste, it can yeah. be a bit wrong. Yeah, or too much seaweed or something. Yeah, yeah, this is really subtle, but enough to make you go, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I'm, I was, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. It was so good. Mm. Future well, sushi. 
Yeah, mm. nice. I have to keep keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, Melbourne only though. Sorry, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Melbourne. Yeah. If you can what actually about you, man? get out and see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Delivery, mate. Uber. Yeah, true. Yeah. True, true, true. Mm. Uh, me. So, I mean, lockdown, we talked about, it, has its mental challenges. Um, mm. And uh, I took it upon myself to sign up for a fun run. Mm. I think a lot of people would be thinking, well, how do you do a fun run if you, if you can't go and be part of a group, you know, yeah. kind of fun run? So, so basically um, it's just a run. Yeah, I mean, I signed up to do a, a set distance on a set day and yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody else does the same thing and then we all <laughs> upload our runs via our GPS trackers and um, just do it that way. But, it, I mean, it was not so much to run, it just gave me something to focus on, especially yeah. fit, fitness-related as well, just, you know, try and help that headspace. And, yeah, so it was good. I did that um, last Sunday and, yeah, it went Amazing. really well. Yep. Yeah, well done, man. Mm. I know. Why don't you tell everyone uh, what what time you were trying to beat and why you were doing that? <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to now, mate. I've already brought it up. No, nah, I just had to beat my partner's time. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about motivation, hey? Everything's competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, it was her time from like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. I think that's the last time she competitively ran 10K. Yeah. <laughs> But you beat it, and you're oh, pretty, yeah. you're pretty chuffed about that. <laughs> I beat it by fifteen <laughs> seconds. <laughs> hey, what does uh, Vin Diesel say? Doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Winning's winning. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good, mate. Uh, awesome. Well, shall we? <laughs> Let's get into it. I just wanted to bring that up so it's out there. <laughs> yeah, the, good on you in the public. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into this, shall we? Yeah. We're going to do some some funny facts. Have you? Did you find any funny facts about uh, bok choy? This yeah, week? I I, um, I kept it as one sort of interesting fact. Yeah. Yes, me too. I hope we didn't do oh, cool. the exact same fact. Fingers crossed. Okay. Do we both start at the same time? <laughs> okay. No, no, you get me. All right. <laughs> all right, I'm ninety seven percent confident you don't have my fact. Okay. Let's see. So, okay, my fact this week is bok choy. Oh, damn it. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about bok choy too. Yeah. (laughs) God damn. How did that happen? We should compare notes better. Uh, Bok choy is sometimes called a soup spoon. Yeah, I don't have this. Because, so oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I could see you like trepidating, like, uh, it's called a same fact. All right, you yeah, know. Uh, so it's called a soup spoon because of the shape of the leaves. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I reckon you could actually double it as a soup spoon if you want. I, I was just thinking because I'm doing cooking and, you know, mm. I'm going to, I don't go into a lot of detail, but, you know, use it in broths and that sort of stuff. But you could just imagine it being used as a spoon for the broth. Yeah, man, some yeah. fur. Yeah. Get the fur and because there's bok choy and fur all the time, man. So. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you drop your drop your spoon in and you can't find it. Mm-hmm. You always get bok choy. bok choy out. All right, okay, my fact. Yeah. So um, this one's a little bit, uh, it's not, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just going to talk about it. I'm not even going <laughs> to pre- preempt it. <laughs> um, place like Singapore, right? It's, it's, uh, it's very densely populated and mm-hmm. Singapore is quite a small country. So the, um, the available land for farming is rare 
uh, but they they obviously need to be able to produce their own food as well as importing and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. um, that over the years they've kind of become this benchmark for like sustainable, um, efficient commercial kind of vegetable cultivation because they've got to really get creative with how they produce their food. Yeah, and um, bok choy in particular is used in uh, vertical farming in Singapore. Yep. Yep. So they have these. Um, these kind of stacked towers that are up to nine meters high, Ooh, wow. and they grow they grow the bok choy in it, and um, so they yeah at the moment they harvest about nearly half a ton of bok choy from these vertical towers in Singapore, and you know it's used all around there. So they're kind of paving the way with new ways of growing food. That's like, cool. I, I thought it was really interesting as a fact. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's really cool. Mm. So vertical farming bok choy. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I actually go into a little bit of um, creative bok choy uh, growing when nice. we get to the growing today. Cool. Yeah, which you're doing one of them, but we're not going to get into that. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, shall we? Well, that's it. That's it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Mm. We'll see you next time in a fortnight. <laughs> Short, sharp, and sweet. That's it. Bok choy is an Asian vegetable and it's vertically farmed. All right, mm. we'll see you next time. <laughs> see you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll give them a little bit of history. I would like that, mate. I'm actually excited to hear the history of bok choy because it looks like an old vegetable, but I'm not sure if it is. Yeah. As you would guess, it is an Asian, you know, vegetable. Uh, it is native to China. <laughs> wow. Who would have thought? So specifically near like the Yangtze River um, yep. in the Delta area. So, okay. uh, yeah, it, it is actually one of the, the, that area, the Delta area is one of the oldest and most famous agricultural regions uh, in the world. So, which is interesting because we haven't really, we haven't really touched on that with the stuff no. we've spoken about. So that made me think what's yet to come that we're going to see mm. come come out of this this region so yeah that'd be cool keep your eye out but um basically it's uh the brassica family so we've we've spoken mm -hmm. about uh what are we spoken about broccoli yes. have we done have we done cauliflower we've done cauliflower we did cauliflower yep yeah so we've we've touched on a few of the brassicas so this is another one yeah uh but roughly three and a half thousand years ago we're talking uh out of china so reasonable in terms of age yeah interestingly though not a lot of um historical significance and it hasn't hasn't kind of woven its way into the fabric of culture and yeah you know, okay. that sort of thing so really um they just loved eating it at the end of the day <laughs> hey that's fair enough yeah there's nothing wrong with that yeah with that. Yeah. yeah people will look back on on our generations and talk about sugar the way we love to eat that too so <laughs> <laughs> you know i say that i say blur but i've been adding a little bit of sugar to my curries lately and it makes a remarkable difference you know it's interesting you say that because um we we make we like to make our pasta sauces uh, i want to say from scratch but we don't buy a, you know a pre-made pasta sauce we might get a passata or cook down some tomatoes or whatever and <laughs> you know build up a a nice sauce yeah. and um 
Yeah, Chris always adds sugar. I'm like, what are you doing adding sugar to it? But apparently that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It has to balance. Yeah, the acid. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's quite important. Yep. I didn't yeah, realize, but yeah. It is very important. Mm. We digress. We do. We always do. Um, okay, so bok choy in Cantonese. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but it means white vegetable. No. Uh, and that's basically because the, you know, the, the base of it, can be mostly white or you know almost white even though the stuff we have here in australia is green if you look at pictures on the internet it's kind of white with green leaves yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's yeah literal translation is white vegetable mm-hmm. um, but yeah there are other variations of colors yeah uh so we talk, we've gone three thousand three and a half thousand pardon me three and a half thousand years ago and now in the 1300s mm-hmm. bok choy was imported to korea Mm-hmm. So there's this whole, you know, thousands of years that have passed where there's really no mention of it. Um, yeah, sort of into Korea. And um, at the time, Korea was one of the most powerful and advanced societies in the in the region. And um, the Koreans actually kind of took bok choy and then developed their own spin on it where they fermented it and turned it into kimchi, which... Um, I would say it's pretty well known today. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So I, I found it interesting. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I like kimchi and I understand that it's fermented, but I actually didn't think that it was bok choy. Neither did I. That's actually news to me because I thought it was like wombok. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of different types of cabbages. and Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, cabbage but, is usually used when it comes to those types of fermentation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to talk more about it in the cooking. But uh, okay. it's my understanding and the research that I did that it's interchangeable. So cabbage or bok choy, it doesn't matter what you use, you get the same net result. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, interesting fact mm-hmm. uh, about Koreans and kimchi. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I saw this on a show a little while ago. Um, in Korea, they usually have two fridges in the kitchens because one fridge is dedicated to beer, kimchi. Oh, <laughs> it's very similar to what we do in Australia. Yes, with alcohol. <laughs> with alcohol, there's a beer fridge, but they have a kimchi fridge. Wow, that is. That's random. I mean, both fermentations. Like, if we're really, <laughs> if we're really getting down to it, ours is malt. This is <laughs> correct. I would say probably for gut health, uh, you're probably looking at beer. Might be <laughs> better. Beer, ear. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, there you go. Interesting, hey? That that is yeah. That, I, mm. Wow, <laughs> but the but the second fridge is not usually in the garage; <laughs> it's in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah true, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually going to talk. So I'm going to talk through making kimchi. Oh, nice! And I'm going to talk about you know temperatures and all that sort of stuff as well. That's so, cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So it's in the cooking. I'm going to go into quite a bit of detail on the, just on kimchi. Okay. Nice. I'll shut up. No, it's all good, mate. I love when you chime in with interesting facts. Really. Just, don't, facts. Don't, don't chime in with facts that aren't interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go forward to the 1500s. Uh, there was a, a, a Chinese scientist called Li Shizhen. Uh, this is around uh, 1518 to 1593. Uh, so this, this Li Shizhen wrote a book 
um, uh, about medicinal benefits. Uh, and the book was called The Compendium of Materia Medicia. And mm -hmm. uh, this book was uh, really had a lot to do with bok choy and its medicinal benefits. And um, when this book was released, bok choy became enormously popular in China. So kind of, I guess it's like the early marketing yeah. of, of the product and people yeah. just, yeah, they thrived on it because of this, this uh, medicinal stuff, which I'm hoping, you know, you're going to uh, expand on later because I was, know nothing what about was it. The, what did you say it was called again? Compendium of Materia Med Medica. Yeah. Is that the one that I spoke about? Oh, I can't remember. Last episode. I think it was. Mm. Which yeah, so, was uh, a Chinese scientist called Ruba. Li Shizen. Shizen. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. Uh, we spoke about that in the last episode, which was on rhubarb. Mm. Yeah, good. It's a dried root as a laxative. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, yeah. So it became very popular in China after this book was written. Nice. Um, and then uh, after that, it's kind of thought that bok choy migrated to Japan after the Russo-Japanese War, and basically the the Japanese soldiers who fought in China um, brought the vegetable home with them. Uh, so yeah, the the Japanese kind of brought it brought it back to their own country rather than having somebody else. Yeah, uh, it's about the late 1700s where it was introduced to Europe. I'm going to jump through a few things because I kind of came to my own conclusion at the end. Mm -hmm, about the mm -hmm. 1700s where it was introduced to Europe uh, and United States was about the 1800s and uh, I'm presuming that most of the movement around, but, you know, you're talking 1700s, 1800s and probably all around that, around that time, uh, a lot of Chinese immigration around the world. Mm -hmm. I know, I, and this is only kind of, understood the gravity of this recently uh the level of uh chinese immigration we had you know in the gold rush days in australia yeah i had no idea the sheer number of um chinese immigrants that played pivotal role in australian history mm. um I, I just assumed that it wasn't till modern modern day you know planes and whatever that we really experienced that migration, but it's been going on for a long time. But basically at the end of the day, um, Chinese, Chinese migrants, they kind of went everywhere, particularly America and Australia and those sorts of places. Yeah, San Francisco for the gold rush as well. In California. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw a statistic, um, in this is us that, uh, um, Chinese migrants made up between 15 and 50% of just the farm labor workforce, uh, wow. in, uh, California in the 1800s. Wow. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, it's, it's incredible to think about, but they're really mm. responsible for, I think they're responsible. Um, this is not cited by anything, but uh, <laughs> just taking it with them wherever they went. Yeah. yeah. Just, just uh, pivotal uh, moments of agricultural history. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but that is the history of bok choy. Wow. That was cool, man. Well, let's talk about nutrition and medicinal uses. Then. Awesome. I'm just going to start off straight away with uh, the Chinese medicinal uses for it, mm -hmm. just so that we can follow up exactly what you just said. So basically, in terms of bok choy, 
Uh, bok choy was used in traditional Chinese medicine for quenching thirst, relieving constipation, promoting uh, digestive health, and to treat diabetes. Yeah, cool. We'd, I mean, without really even... I don't want to jump too far ahead, but mm. I mean, a watery, watery vegetable. So dehydration makes sense. Yep. Um, constipation. It's, it's very fibrous. So there's yes. plenty of, plenty of fiber in there. So that'll yep. all make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, when we're talking about uh, those sort of things, I'll, I'll, I may as well just knock it down right now. So uh, one cup of bok choy, uh, raw bok choy. Now let's just put that out there. So it's about 70 grams. So it's quite light actually when you mm. think about it. Uh, so 70 grams of bok choy has nine calories. Ooh, yeah. Not much. So yeah. not much at all. Mm. It's got one gram of protein, about 1.5 grams of carbs. It's 0.7 grams of dietary fiber, mm-hmm. which is quite a fair bit for that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, 74 milligrams of calcium, a little bit of iron, 13 milligrams of magnesium, 26 milligrams of phosphorus, 176 milligrams of potassium. Um, there's some vitamin C, there's zinc in there, sodium. Uh, there's folate as well, 46 micrograms of folate. Uh, it's also got a bunch of vitamin A in there as well. Now, uh, when we talk about uh, daily percentages of what you should be getting from this. So one cup of raw bok choy for someone who is eating about 2000 calories a day. Um, so we just want to keep it pretty general for that. They're getting 3.7% of their daily potassium needs, 17% of vitamin A, uh, about five and a half percent of calcium, 26 and a half percent of vitamin K, which We've spoken about vitamin K before. We've spoken about calcium before. We've spoken about vitamin A before as well. So vitamin A, we know, turns into beta-carotene. Um, well, it's beta-carotene and the body turns into vitamin A. Uh, there's 3% of magnesium, 3% of iron, and 35% of your vitamin C intake. Yeah, right. So mm. it's, yeah, it's got a pretty good, broad, kind of diverse range of vitamins and minerals. It has a very wide range of vitamins and minerals and, and actually is quite fill, filled with other things. So I'm going to talk really quickly about um, in terms of nutrition. Um, so bok choy. Uh, I'm talking about baby bok choy here. So there was a recent study that had shown some unique characteristics of baby bok choy in terms of its phytonutrients. So among the 17 different cruciferous vegetables. So that's the, in the brassica family as well. Um, the bok choy was the only vegetable of the 17 cruciferous vegetables that had uh, high amounts of, and this is what the research was calling principle one and principle two phenols. So uh, principle one, we're talking about uh, flavonoids. So, uh, we've talked about flavonoids before as well, but this has uh, camphorol and quercetin, which we've spoken about as well. Um, quite big antioxidants that you need. And had principle two, which they were talking about uh, non-flavonoid uh, phenols, which included malic acid and hydrocin- hydroxycinamic acid. Acid. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, yeah neither have I. Um, so, 
of the 17, so I think, you know, if we get down to it, the 17 cruciferous vegetables that they studied, the baby bok choy was the one that had both types of those antioxidants, those right. pre, those phytonutrients in it. Yeah. And that was the that was the only one of the 17. Wow. Yeah. So uh, when we're talking about phenols and other phytonutrients, um, we're talking about about 70 different antioxidants that sort of reside in that. So um, from the research that I was looking at, the antioxidant richness of bok choy kind of explains um, the relationship between bok choy and cancer pre prevention mm -hmm. and also reducing oxidative stress. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we've spoken about many, many, many different research. <laughs> just, just about every podcast. Yeah, where we talk about oxidative stress and what, you know, free radicals do to your cells. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Is there a theme here somewhere? Reduce oxidative stress. <laughs> I believe that that is probably one of the biggest things that we need to talk about. Mm. Um, so it's also really strong with beta carotene, uh, which uh, I mentioned just before. So bok choy actually ranks... Um, the 11th richest food in vitamin A. So wow. that 11. puts, yeah, it's that high. Yeah. It puts it in front of uh, cauliflower, which mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to our cauliflower episode, I encourage you to go and listen to that because that white broccoli, <laughs> if if remember, yeah. uh, that vegetable, the cauliflower is incredibly fascinating yes it was very fascinating one of the most nutrient dense vegetables you will ever find mm -hmm. well it is one of the most nutrient dense vegetables in the world and versatile yeah amazing it's it's so amazing uh it's in front of cabbage brussels sprouts broccoli um and significant amounts of other carotenoids like lutein are also in bok choy wow yeah so very cool. Mm. So we're going to talk about the antioxidant benefits of bok choy. So, I mean, I just went into detail on that, but it's a really good source of vitamin C as well. Um, manganese, zinc, um, also has, you know, those concentrations of the core antioxidants as well. Um, but these, the, when we talked about those phytonutrients, including the flavonoids like quercetin, camphorol, isohamnitin, as well as numerous phenolic, phenolic, geez, man, <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's so many different things that I have to try and pronounce right here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's no pressure. Why can't, why can't the antioxidants just have like normal, like short words mm, <laughs> like, seriously and whose idea was it to put like you know a k and a and an e and an m next to each other and go say this word it's at the beginning but here's a big long thing after it it's ridiculous anyway. <laughs> uh okay so <laughs> put, 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 put your phone on silent would you yeah i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it actually is on silent but it just uh anyway favorites <laughs> no, it's my nightly reminder to, uh, I take, well, I mean. To message me? Not, not everyone. 
everybody doesn't know this, but I, uh, you know this, but I take some medication every night and that's my alarm to remind myself because I have to take it anyway. Uh, okay. So, um, I was talking about antioxidants. Yeah. And how you can't pronounce them. Correct. Yeah. So look, there's a wide variety of, you know, antioxidants within bok choy. Um, and you know, these antioxidants are all helpful in preventing unwanted oxidant damage to our cells and the body systems. So, you know, a very, um, a very important structure that needs to be in what we ingest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there was another thing that I read on this, this page, which was really interesting. So, uh, Consumers of bok choy who are particularly interested in its antioxidant benefits, um, there's something called purple bok choy that is available. Um, and it's actually been shown to contain anthocyanins. Oh, yeah. 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 Spoken these a few times. The red purple pigments that have that belong to that flavonoid category of antioxidants. So it's got these extra antioxidants in this purple mm. uh, bok choy, which has been called purple choy or pak choy ruby as well. That would be cool to see. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I reckon that's really cool. Um, okay, next point that I need to make, bok choy. It's really good for people on low FODMAP diets. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. So if you need to add some structure and some really good antioxidants to your diet and you're on low FODMAP, uh, um, bok choy is the way to go. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's very related to pak choy as well, but stick to the bok choy. That's all good. Um, Let's talk a little bit about fiber. So we're going to talk about fiber in a little bit of a different way tonight. Yeah. So high fiber foods can make you fart more. (laughs) I was about to make a fart noise. You can do the sound if you want. Okay. So do you know why though? Oh, it's probably fermenting in the gut or something. I don't know. There you go. You're a clever man. You are. You don't look like it. uh, (laughs) Oh, this scraggly hair. (laughs) Correct. So it takes longer for these foods to break down in your digestive system, which means they're fermenting over time. So these high fiber foods can also make your butt smell when you pass gas. Mm. Um, and it's especially true with some stronger smelling vegetables, which includes cabbage, <laughs> cabbage, cabbage, mm-hmm. asparagus, oh yeah, broccoli, and bok choy. There you go. Yeah. So, and this I found this part actually really interesting as well. Is that you know the gas that you excrete um, can sometimes smell a little bit rotten. Uh, like rotten eggs because mm. of the sulfur in sulfur dioxide. Yeah, fiber rich foods. So, mm. you know, sulfur, it's the sulfur in the eggs that you smell. That's the smell that you kind of get from it. That's why people use that black salt yep. when trying to mimic eggs if they're not cooking with eggs. It's mm-hmm. high in sulfur. It makes that smell. Yep. Um, and, you know, a lot of vegetables are sulfur based. 
Yes. So they can cause you to pass uh, gas. <laughs> there you yes. go. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So here's another cool little fact. Mm. For, this is for the men out there. All right, men. <laughs> Listen up. Listen up, men. Did you know that one of the best ways to block estrogen is by eating cruciferous vegetables? That's interesting. Yeah. So these particular vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, uh, have a high level of phytochemicals that work on blocking estrogen production. There's a, there's a part of me that feels like I knew this at some point in the past and forgot oh, yeah? it. Yeah. There you go. But it's, you know, good old bodybuilders with their uh, chicken and broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, doesn't chicken, chicken have estrogen in it? I know. I was like, well. <laughs> it's just pumped into it. Like, yeah. It injected. must just be. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. Mm. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, cruciferous vegetables um, actually have those phytochemicals and they include, and we, we've gone through cruciferous vegetables before, but broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, collard greens, turnips, uh, rutabagus. I don't know what that is, but it was on the list. Uh, and bok choy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There you go. I, ooh, interesting. Yeah. Cool, huh? Um, now, I didn't want to go too much into more details because, you know, the, the path for bok choy is very similar to any other cruciferous vegetables. Um, but I will say that, uh, you know, in terms of anti-inflammatory um, uh, components. We we talk about vitamin K when it comes to anti-inflammatories, uh, and you know we talk about being fat soluble as well. Uh, so bok choy actually is in the top fifteen of vitamin K rich foods. Mm. So another really good thing uh, about bok choy is it's quite high in that as well. Um, there was a little bit of research that I found here as well that uh, has uh, some omega-3s in bok choy as well. That's cool. Um, but not a whole lot. And we're talking mm. about ALAs, so alpha-linolenic uh, acid. Um, there's about 70, gram, 70 milligrams of ALA in one cup of cooked bok choy. Yep. Um, so it's not really high in terms of omega-3 with plant vegetables, but it does have um, some in there. Yep. Uh, it's about half as concentrated in omega-3s as walnuts, calorie for calorie basis. So uh, not nothing to scoff at. It's definitely still there, um, which I think just adds into the fact of how rich in nutrients bok choy actually is. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to sound more and more like, I, I think I said this way, way, way back in one of the early episodes, What what is the definition of superfood? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I, I, it just reminds me of when we talked about cauliflower. So, and, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's in the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what I'm starting to see in terms of a trend is with the cruciferous and brassicas, they're, they're kind of, really important building blocks for a healthy uh, nutrition. 
like a nutrition profile. Yeah, yeah they're, they're fundamental to a kind of a, yeah. a good solid yeah. diet. It's almost like you should be, but you know, when I talk about nutrition and, and, and eating and cooking and that sort of things, I used to think about the meat first, the protein first, and then add vegetables to that, you know, and as soon as I cut meat and dairy, I started thinking about things differently. But I feel like if, if I, w- I was to go back and talk to myself when I dropped meat and dairy now, I would tell myself to go, well, so your next step is to not think about meat as your first thing that you're going to incorporate, but now you need to incorporate some sort of cruciferous vegetable. Mm you know, a, a broccoli, a cabbage, a, uh, a, you know, cauliflower, a kale, a bok choy, and use that as your core ingredient almost mm. or as a good portion of it and then build your recipe around that, build your meal around that because yep. they're so rich in nutrients. I feel like it's it's such a really good spot to start your cooking. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be my advice to myself, Mm. Mm. which we don't often get to do. (laughs) Often, (laughs) correct. (laughs) Well, I have travelled back in time a few times to to talk to myself and just give myself a little bit of a pep talk and go, "Come on, mate." I figure if I haven't visited myself from the future, everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or you're dead. I mean, one of the two. <laughs> I'll stick with everything's fine. I think everything's <laughs> fine, mate. Sorry, I didn't mean to make it morbid there for you. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so that is the nutrition of bok choy. Because I'm going to talk a little bit about kimchi. I'm probably, mm. I'm just going to do a little, just a little sidebar into the fermentation process and what happens and uh, what you get out of it. Cause you know, everyone talks about sauerkraut and kimchi and that sort of stuff being good for you. And I'm just going to mm. go into a little bit of detail there as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cause I didn't really cover fermentation. No, that's fine. Yeah. So I'm very comfortable hearing that because I love sauerkraut and kimchi. Kimchi is one of my favorite things, man. I yeah. absolutely adore it's, it. It's delicious. Yep. So when it's right. done right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah, have you ever made your own? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, it was amazing. Uh really, really good. Uh tasty. But I, I made mine a little bit hotter, so it was quite spicy. Nice. Um Yeah. But it was Oh, why am I asking? You gave me some. This was years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. That was delicious. Yeah. I I don't do a you know, I'm not crap. <laughs> I'm not that crap, Tim. <laughs> oh. I'm glad it was memorable, you son of a bitch. Hey, I remembered. <laughs> I remembered. You just, you just shut the hell up. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, cooking. So Pull yourself back from it, <laughs> from that hole that you dug yourself into. Lucky I took a ladder. Mm. Um, Step oh. ladder. <laughs> We we cook with bok choy a little bit. I wouldn't say heaps, but it it's um it's not uncommon in our household. Yep. Generally goes into 
uh, you know, some sort of stir fry or... <laughs> I was going to say, it um, only makes an appearance in stir fry. And- yeah, well, I mean, Chris and I, we don't go out of our way to cook stir fry. So I, I say that term really, really loosely, but we mm. could be just, um, we could just be cooking it down with a couple of other things. It's yeah. not really a stir fry, do you know what I mean? Yep, I get um, you. Yeah, because, and I don't know if you remember, but, you know, those early, uh, sorry, late teen, early 20s um, times, I cooked a lot of stir fries and (laughs) stir fried out. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, uh, so my, I've got to share this with you. This is my uh, stir fry, best best tip I can give you for a stir fry. Yep. All right. and this this changed my life when it came to stir fries. Mm-hmm. So when I cook stir fries now, I chop everything very finely. Yeah. So it cooks. Well, just because I I just like it more. I hate getting long strips mm-hmm. of bok choy or pak choy or Chinese cabbage. I mean Chinese uh, broccoli yep. and that in a stir fry. It just drives me bonkers yeah because i can't eat it with a spoon yeah and it annoys me fair enough (laughs) so i dice it all up really finely and then i stir fry that and that may be sacrilegious and you know uh really not how you're supposed to do it but god damn it's good for a stir fry (laughs) no mate you do you yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to talk about the obvious first because some people may not have considered it, but um, when you look at, at bok choy, mm. you've got that real fibrousy stem and then yes. those nice green leaves. And when you think about it, they're very different. So if you just throw bok choy into a pan, yeah, your leaves are going to cook and shrivel up and, you know, and mm-hmm. cook through, but you may not actually cook through that really thick fibrousy stem. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you should, you should kind of um, blanch or you know pre pre cook the stems in a way before so you cut the leaves off and actually cook up the stems. Pre cook the stems first before you throw it into a, say a stir fry or something like that, um, just to get the cooking started so you don't overcook the leaves. Yeah, you, you've got this weird like knowing look on your face (laughs) it's not that i know anything it's just that that sounds like entirely too much effort (laughs) and it would make me not want to cook with bok choy i know but if you (laughs) if you're going out of your way to add cruciferous vegetables you may as well enjoy them i enjoy it very well (laughs) well there you go dice it up really finely (laughs) (laughs) oh well if you if you you know if you're happy with the way you do it go for it but i (laughs) often get that really thick, crunchy base and go, oh, my God, it's not cooked. But You've got to, you've got to cut it real thin, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but how, how can you use it as a spoon if it's not cooked real thick? What? You do need the little spoon bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I've got, my, I've got a stainless steel spoon yeah. that I bring to the party. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, sir. (laughs) Buddy, who brings spoons? (laughs) That's crazy. Man, that's all I eat with. (laughs) If I have an option, I, you know, forks don't get a mention with me. I don't like them. 
and I don't like eating with them. So it's always a spoon. Yeah. If I was eating something with bok choy, yeah. I could almost guarantee that I will choose chopsticks. Oh, really? I absolutely love eating with chopsticks. Really? I personally feel like it makes food taste nicer. Yeah, okay. Mm. That's, that's fair. I don't like chopsticks because of rice. I don't have a problem eating rice with chopsticks. Yeah, well, you feel like sitting there for 10 years. Nah, it doesn't take that long. No, it doesn't Eat every long. grain of rice. Nah, nah it's easy, mate. <laughs> Turn it up. Um, it is. And it, it's <laughs> funny. <Nice> I, right. <laughs> I was in Malaysia. Uh, well, it wasn't this year. So, uh, I don't know, maybe last year or the year before. And I was visiting my supplier over there. Yeah. And, you know, as they do, they... It's very food centric. So it's kind of like you turn up and they'll be like, okay, where are we going to go for lunch? And then you go out for lunch and they're like, okay, what are we going to do for dinner? It's always like, what's, what's happening for the next meal? And <laughs> yeah. yeah, intermingled with a meeting or two. And um, yeah, they took me to this Chinese restaurant and uh, the fried rice was amazing. And I, yeah. you know, they, they put out this big plate of fried rice it was packed up and I, you know, shovel half of it onto my plate and then, you know, we're, there was about 10 of us at the table and they're like, oh, do you want any more? I was like, can we get another order of fried rice? <laughs> so another plate of fried rice comes out. But I was eating the fried rice with my chopsticks. Yeah. They were all laughing at me at the table because even the Asians don't eat fried rice. With chopsticks. <laughs> they use their little porcelain spoons. Yes. Nobody pulled out a bok choy from their back pocket and started <laughs> eating, the, no. eating the fried rice with their, with their spoon? No, no, no. no. Was no. it fried rice or was it chakwe tao? No, it was fried rice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of chakwe tao. Yeah, well, okay. It used to be before yeah. I couldn't have it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Carry on, um, mate. Let's, uh, let's go on. So, yeah, talking about cooking the stalks first and then adding the leaves later. Yeah. Uh, doesn't seem like that big a deal to me because you're probably going to add stuff later anyway. So it doesn't, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but yeah, you, you don't, you don't want to, um, the problem is you don't want to cook the leaves too long. I think I get that about the leaves. I know that. I know that. That's fine. Anyway, I get Um, it. I understand it. You just choose to ignore it. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you, if you chop up that, that stem finely enough you can get it to cook as quick as you want true very true yeah anyway yep. sorry no nah, it's all good mate we're just having a conversation aren't we <laughs> correct that's what it's all about <laughs> i mean it's it's no it's no surprise that bok choy is known for i'm going to say asian but really kind of like chinese and japanese at the end of the day it's kind yeah. of it's very well known in those cuisines. So, you know, stir fries, curries, soups, Mm. all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, you can even do salad, but uh, personally, I'm not a huge fan of raw bok choy. (laughs) Man, who says to use it in a salad? There's there's lots of recipes as (laughs) as salad. And they're saying use it like you would use cabbage. And I'm thinking I wouldn't use raw cabbage in a salad anyway. (laughs) I couldn't imagine anything worse than that. No, I mean, but some people might like it, you know? Yeah, okay, I guess so. I think for me, the standout would be like a ramen or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I was in Japan a couple of years ago and I could not get enough ramen. 
Oh man, it's so delicious. Good. Absolutely delicious. Yeah. The ramen's amazing there. Yeah. So, you know, nice couple of big, big bits of bok choy and some ramen is mm. delicious. Yeah. 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 And in fur as well. I, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of that. Yep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you kind of soups and broths and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, it goes really well. Yeah, so uh, I was looking up some recipes and I, I was trying to find stuff that was not quite ramen, stir-fry, brothy, curry stuff. And I I've, um, I found out it is, it's a soup, but it sounded interesting. It's a wonton soup with uh, mushroom and zucchini meatballs and i say that in air quotes because they're mushroom and zucchini mm. not not meat but yeah with plenty of plenty of bok choy and stuff it looked amazing it looked really delicious i, I really want to try those uh i want to try creating those mushroom and zucchini meatballs for other dishes rather than yeah. just the, the wonton soup they sound yeah. delicious yeah and there's also a crispy tofu and shiitake broth as well which looked really nice Ooh. yeah i like that yeah um, so I want to talk about kimchi. Okay. Yeah. So for those that don't know, it's, it's like a, a fermented, in this case, bok choy, but you know, it could be cabbage as well. Um, but it's, it's kind of like sauerkraut, but it's spicy. At the yeah. End of the day. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, I don't know, this is a bit late, but I was like, who's Kim? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Who's sorry. Sorry. Kimchi. Uh, it's yeah. Mr. Chi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kimchi is like uh, the Korean uh, sauerkraut. Yeah. It's their, it's their own spin on a, on a sauerkraut uh, with their own flavors and that sort of thing as well. Um, but that, that fermentation process kind of uh, results in um, probiotics and enzymes mm. that are, are good for uh, gut health and improving gut health can boost immunity and lots of other things that we've talked about in the past yep. as well. What I want to do, and I've got this on my phone. So I want to read um, some excerpts from a book that my partner Kristen is reading. Okay. And I need to get the exact name. I think it's called fiber fueled. It's written by a, a gastroenterologist. And yep. they specifically talk about um, fermentation of sauerkraut and I'm going to use it in terms of kimchi as well, because it's the same process, but basically what happens when you ferment, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here as well. When you, when you ferment uh, cabbage or, or bok choy, what you do is uh, create this anaerobic, well, there's anaerobic bacteria that's there, but they, they begin producing um, these healthy acids, which drop the pH of the solution that you put the, put the cabbage or bok choy in. Okay. And, uh, for people who don't know what anaerobic means, uh, it's you know we talk about it with exercise. We got aerobic and anaerobic, mm -hmm. and it's 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 basically means where there's no oxygen. So anaerobic works or anaerobic these anaerobic bacteria produce where there's no oxygen, mm. uh, and then they they start to lower the pH of the solution. So for people who haven't made, I'm going to talk through it. But you basically put your your um, cabbage or or bok choy underwater. So you're trying to, you're, you're re removing the oxygen. Um, so when this happens, what do you, <laughs> I'm just, 
I know that 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 is actually what's happening, but like water is <laughs> made up of oxygen. Isn't I know it is, but it's not yeah, okay, it's not no, available. Sorry, <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm like uh, uh, hydrogen. It's H two O. Two parts hydrogen, <laughs> one part oxygen. But go on. Yes. Uh, okay. So these these acid levels have started to to rise because the pH is is changing. Yep. Uh, so what happens is is the because the acid levels going up, a lot of bacteria um, die because it's too high. So mm-hmm. this is where you start to kill off some of the bad bacteria. Yep. Um, and what it does is, and I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but it, it allows a luso luso constock steroid steroides something to take over within about 24 hours of of, of this process starting. Wow. Um, and what that does is actually produce more more healthy acid and then drops the pH even further. So it makes it even more acidic. Yeah, wow. Um, and so then these uh, Lucio Constocks, um, that's what that what you see when you start seeing bubbles form, which I'll talk yeah. about talk about yeah, later yeah. on. Anyway, over you know, over the period of the process it becomes more and more acidic. Um, and this leads to the growth of Lactobacillus plantarum. Mm-hmm. And this is the primary primary kind of bacteria that's responsible for for turning it into it, the kraut or the you know sauerkraut kraut whatever you want to call it yeah. and that's that's where you get these really beneficial bacteria um so yeah i thought it was really interesting there's heaps more to it but um it's cool just interesting to kind of get an idea about how the process works and why it yeah. works so you, you're creating an acid environment you're killing off some bacteria and others are thriving yeah that's amazing huh yeah so it's kind of cool i love it <clears throat> Really All right, cool. a lot so, of cool things come from fermentation. They do, yes, mm. they do. But you know, that's something we could talk way more about in oh, the absolutely. future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, making kimchi, um, mm. it's a good idea to use. You were talking about spicy. Um, yep. And yep. I was reading a lot of things, and they talk about trying to use a Korean chili flake. So it's a, and I've. Yep. I've never seen it. So have you, did you use Korean? I don't, I don't think I ever asked you this or did you just use chili flakes? No, I think I used like a, it was a paste. I'm going to talk about the paste. Yeah. 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 So what I read was use Korean chili flakes and they're called gochugaru. Yep. The Korean chili flakes. Now there's a yep. paste, which is gochu, gochujang. Yes. That's what I used. Okay. So the place that I read said, avoid the paste. You can use it. <laughs> no, there's nothing good to know. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with use it, but, um, it's, um, it's got your, um, uh, it's got nitrates and MSG in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you just, you want to avoid the delicious. I, know. <laughs> I, I, I have a love affair with MSG, but anyway, <laughs> uh, me too. Some people, don't respond well to MSG. Yeah, so but that is yeah. their issue and not mine. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I love MSG. It's that umami. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not bad. But the nitrates maybe not so good as well. Yeah, all. whatever. Right. Make your own. Use the chili flakes. Processed uh, food. Don't use. There's the- always going to be something in processed food. Let's be honest. So avoid it. Um, let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so if you're going to use bok choy, yeah. uh, you know, take off one of the outer stems, maybe two of the outer stems and, and put it aside. And then the rest of it, just cut it up into chunks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like 
an inch or you know two and a half centimeters decent decent chunks what you do then is uh, add them to a bowl of water which mm -hmm. has got about a quarter of a cup of salt mm -hmm. uh, so lots and lots of salt very um, important yes very important and uh, fill yeah so to add them to the water leave it for about six to eight hours uh, at this point it's really important to keep uh, and you know I talked about this no oxygen it's really important to make sure the bok choy stays submerged. So, yeah. you know, wait, put, put something on it. The, the, the recipe I read said, you know, just put a plate. So they're using a big bowl and then they sit a mm. plate over the top and keep it all submerged under the water. Okay. Um, and that's use, for that reason that I just, just yeah. read out. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, when I did it, I used um, like canning jar or whatever they preserve jars. The, the mason jars. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then, I just made sure that there was enough liquid. So I'd ha kind of half fill it with the, the kimchi, like the bok choy and everything. Mm. And then I'd just make sure the liquid was up above that. Mm. As soon as you kind of put the, the lid on it, it kind of keeps it down, but then it will expand. Yeah. Yep. And you have to keep pushing it back down. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about, you know, how I said, take the outer, the outer um, mm -hmm. stems off. Um, I'm going to talk about actually using them to go on top and then you you can weight it and that'll keep it all mm -hmm. under so you can leave your you leave your gap because it will expand yeah 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 yeah. so okay. use it as a, a way to kind of press everything mm, down that's clever. Mm. Well, that's clever who said you didn't learn anything off the internet yeah well <laughs> not me no no okay so yeah we, we we keep it submerged six to eight hours mm -hmm. uh after that process um Drain it off, but save all the brine because that's what you want to put into the whatever jar it is you're going to um, ferment in. Mm -hmm. uh, but you want to drain it and, and kind of really try and press all the liquid out. And then this is where we kind of get creative with the, the, the spices and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, talking about that uh, gochugaru, all the paste, mm -hmm. the, the gochujang, um, make, it, make it spicy um, from what I understand because I've never tried the, the Korean chili. From what I understand, that gochugaru is less less on the spicy side and more on the. That was my. <laughs> yep, that was my dog. <laughs> it's less on the spicy side. <laughs> He's just getting comfy. Right? Yeah, all asleep. Mm. Uh, yeah, so the gochugaru is less less on the spicy side and more kind of fruity. So okay. I guess it really depends what you want to get out of your kimchi and whether you want like a really spicy kind of tangy or if you want to go on the fruitier, fruitier yeah. side. And yep, yep. I, I'm really keen to try the, I, I don't want to say traditional because I don't know how traditional this recipe is, but um, yeah, I'd be interested to try using the Korean chili flakes. Mm. Um, yeah. But any kind of chili is going to give you, give you a punch. Uh, um, and then we've got, uh, <laughs> Uh, daikon radish you, you can cut, cut them up into kind of matchsticky type strips or mm -hmm. um i want to say julienne them maybe <laughs> yes yeah uh Sorry, yeah. i didn't realize that kimchi was french <laughs> <laughs> oh, sacre bleu. uh some spring onions get, yes. get a, a bunch of spring onions cut them into chunks again as well Mm -hmm. uh, a bit of a uh, bit of fresh ginger, um, a ton of garlic. So the recipe I've got is 
a tablespoon of ginger and six garlic cloves. Mm-hmm. Um, a shallot, which it's is kind of on, really, optional. Yeah, I would probably put more in. <laughs> um, yeah, so and then you can kind of build uh, build your sauce and. Some some say soy, some say fish sauce. Now, if you want to go vegan, you can find some pretty decent vegan fish sauces these days. Yeah. Uh, miso paste, you know, there's a bunch of stuff there and a little bit of sugar or um, brown rice syrup or something. Um, and basically, you put all that stuff together with your chili, uh, zip it up, make a paste, um, and then uh, basically put it all together and... Uh, mix it all through with the, the the cabbage and everything, and and then pack it into your jar. So it could be all in one jar, or you could spread it out across multiple jars uh, or whatever. But like we talked about, you you probably want to try and keep, you know, a couple of inches of of yeah. air at the top. Yeah. Um, and that is because it will it will expand. Mm-hmm. Um, it does create gas, as I spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, so if you leave a bit of space, that just gives room for your, the jar to kind of absorb some of that gas without um, without breaking. Yep. If you forget to burp it, because that's a thing, you can burp your jar just to let some of the gas out. Yep. Speaking. Oh, look, if we're being really honest here, high in fiber. Mm. You know, when it ferments in our guts, it creates gas, and we, you know, pass it. Mm-hmm. So you know you're basically letting your letting the the preserved jars fart. Yeah, well, our guts are acidic as well. So you know, like I spoke about that acid environment and that sort mm. of thing. Yeah. Um, so you're saying that we could technically make kimchi in our gut? No. <laughs> uh, takes 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 longer than it does for it to pass through our gut to make kimchi. Well, I mean. If you wanted to stop yourself from... No, mate. Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, put it, into, put it into your jars. You know, it could be a mason jar or whatever, uh, preferably a glass jar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you press it down and, the, you know, I, I said it before, those leaves that we, we saved from the start, mm. you kind of use that to layer over the top and then you could potentially place a weight on top just to hold it down, whatever that might be, as long as it's you know, not going to spoil what you're fermenting. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I did read that there were what they call fermentation weights, but I, I don't know. I'm sure you, you could come up with something to just a little bit of weight on top. Yeah. Because um, you you want to keep it submerged. Like I said, you need, you yeah. need that, you need that um, submerged kind of low oxygen environment for the, mm. for the fermentation process to happen. Yeah. Now the, the the way the one I read the the method I read said don't screw um, don't screw the lids on tight and that is to let some of that gas out but um, mm. I have seen other methods in the past where like I said you can burp them so you you just put the lid on and then give them a burp every every now and then just to make sure that the the gas pressure is not too high yeah you yeah. don't want that exploding in your fridge definitely don't want that to happen yeah no. yeah so um, you were talking about fridge, so somewhere cool and dark is <laughs> is optimal. Yep, um, and it could take about three to five days. Yeah. Um, now I read what the the ideal temperature for fermenting kimchi is actually between about fifteen and seventeen degrees. Mm-hmm. So uh, not quite fridge temperature, but especially if it's the middle of summer, 
it's going to be hard. So you've got to try and find that, that, that optimal temperature. So the cooler it is, the longer it takes to ferment. Mm. Uh, but there's a point where it kind of stops. So when you put it in your fridge, it, it actually slows it right down to almost stopping. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you want to get a couple of days at a reasonable temperature. Uh, if it goes too hot, it can, it can go the other way. So I read somewhere that too hot is about 25 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you really want to keep it somewhere temperature controlled. I read a, um, a traditional process back in Korea where they, they fermented in clay, clay jars. Like they yeah, almost wow. look like vases and yeah. they, they dug them into the ground and they fermented it in the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was uh, really interesting, but, um, yeah, between 15 to 17 degrees is, is ideal. Uh, so then, you know, how, how do you know if it's working? Is it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, a, a valid question. So you, after about three days, and I, I spoke about the bubbles that happen with these um, these bacteria. Um, really, if you're seeing bubbles, and if you can tap the jar and see those bubbles, basically that's your indicator that that there's uh, fermentation happening. Yeah. At that point, you could taste it. So if it's three days have passed and you got the bubbles, you could taste it and see what you think. You know, you might think it needs to go a little bit longer, go for another couple of days um, mm-hmm. to see if it gets a bit tangier or a bit more you know, more of that fermented taste. I don't know. How else would you describe it? That, that tangy kind of fermentation, if you want to. Yeah, acidic. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Well, it is. That's what it is, right? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yeah. But once you're happy with the right level of acid, mm. um, put it in the fridge because that, that uh, stops it. That stops it. And I did read that. Uh, if you take it out of the fridge, it, you can start it up again as well. So mm. think if you go, oh, yeah, you eat a bit and then go, mm, maybe go a bit longer, you could probably leave it out and then put it back in the fridge. Yeah. See, this this makes me think that the uh, kimchi fridge is a great idea. Mm. Like all at the right temperatures and well, it's, it's transferred across to your fridge when you're using it. It's like a wine fridge. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's yeah, great. Just, Temperature controlled, 15 degrees, mm. bang, away you go. Yeah, and you wouldn't be going into that, so no lights would be going on. And mm. That's a good idea if you eat a lot of kimchi. Mm. Mm. What's well, good for you? Yeah. It's very good for you. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's kind of the process on how to make your own kimchi. Yeah, I, I like, like it. I feel like I want to do it now just to yeah. have a good crack at it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could... Uh, both do one and see who's his best. Well, we've got three weeks, mate. So okay, maybe we should mm. try it at the end of the three weeks. Yeah, and for those who don't know, roughly three weeks is when our government is going to let us travel. <laughs> More than five kilometers from my house. <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch. So, yeah, so that was kimchi. Um, just to, to round this off, uh, thought I'd quickly talk about some common food pairings with bok choy, um, which most people will already know, but gar- uh, ginger, garlic, soy, or soy sauce, sesame sauce, chili, mushrooms, um, and peanuts was a, another interesting one, which made sense to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in the same... In that same, you know, I've had dishes that are kind of, you know, steamed or wilted bok choy with, you know, peanut pieces. 
but I also read, and I would never do this because I wouldn't do it with celery either, but replace celery on a grazing platter with raw bok choy and dip that in peanut butter. But nah. Who? 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 Who is putting who celery? Who is that? putting celery on grazing plates? If you're that person, uninvited. I want to know. No, I want to know who you are. You must disclose before. Mm, because never going to one of your parties. Mm-mm. Never. <laughs> got the got the raw bok choy out for you to. Uh. All right. Cool. That's, <laughs> that's cooking with bok choy. Nice. That was awesome. We're going to start off the growing in a different kind of way Mm. Uh, because bok choy is one of those vegetables that you can grow from leftovers. Can you? Don't, don't, (laughs) don't don't bring your fake news to Uh, my my segment, please. Sorry. I've been reading too much news about Donald Trump. Yeah. Mm. And his income tax. (laughs) That's fake news, man. That's fake news. Okay. Uh, So, uh, this is really cool, actually. So, uh, have you done this? Have you just started doing the bok choy you, in the water? You right? know, I have. Yeah, I've got yeah. Um, several. Going. Okay. Yeah. So, so I looked into growing your leftover bok choy mm. right, mm-hmm. because I was interested by it, and I, I love the whole <laughs> you can grow something from something that you from scraps. <laughs> yeah, that's it from a scrap that you've got because you can do it with a whole bunch of different vegetables. It's really cool. Okay, so basically the very bottom of your bok choy, if you just cut all the, cut the top of it off and you're left with this bottom component, which is mm. basically what used to be the roots. Yeah, it's kind of and, where all the stems go into one. Yes, that, that is correct. Mm. Uh, you, you, do you want to do it? You wanna, do you want to take over my segment? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Okay, so, so where all the roots come in and they connect down the bottom, like all the leaves come in and connect down the bottom. Uh, you want to take that part and put it into water. Yeah. So basically exactly what you did with your avocado mm. and how we grow avocados. But you basically take that little bottom part, you put it into water, replace the water every day. After five days, you should start seeing like a good surprisingly amount of leaves coming out of the top of it. Mm. Um, you know, what you want to keep checking for is the roots underneath. If there's little roots that are starting to come out, it's time to plant it. And you probably shouldn't go more than 10 days without planting it. You'll know if you've gone too far. It starts mm. to go brown and gross. Yeah. Uh, did you mm. find that out the hard way, did you? Uh, we, we've, we've done it heaps of times with bok choy. So oh, we've, okay. we've grown it and planted it many, many times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's times where we've kind of just let it go because we're both, you know, for whatever reason, just didn't plant it. And yeah. that it doesn't take long and it turns and then you're yeah. like, oh, that went too far. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it starts to rot in the water dish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. So you really need to keep an eye on it, but you shouldn't go more than 10 days as mm. a general rule of thumb. Yeah. We've got one that probably needs to be planted any day now. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Mm. And hey, can I just ask you, What's the 
does it taste nicer the ones that you're growing yourself than compared to what is it they're no real difference well let's be honest anything free tastes better <laughs> ain't that the truth. <laughs> um uh, i don't know mate i don't yeah, know fair yeah. enough same same they kind of taste us anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to put soy sauce on them. Throw some or garlic like, and soy in there. Dip them in peanut butter from the taste. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So that's one way to grow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're starting off with seeds or if you're going to actually do proper planting and proper growing with them, then you need to do it a little differently. Okay. So, First off, we're going to start with a planting tip. So uh, it takes a little bit of practice actually to know when you should first plant your bok choy. Um, You've got to be really, uh, really careful because if you, um, if you plant it wrong, it can seed in the first season. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we've, we've spoken about plants before when they bolt and it's basically when the flower comes out to the top. I feel like this might have happened to us once. Yeah, okay. So it's mm. usually when the weather's too warm. Yeah, okay. Um, but, you know, it can also bolt when it's too cold as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now's a good time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, um, and you want to start with your seedlings indoor and then um, transplant them outdoors when there's no frost that's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so just be really careful with that. You you don't want it to bolt because it's you, it's usually when that just goes to seed and it's not as good. Mm. So then I'm pretty sure that that's happened to us. Just like this big stem came out and all the seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was watching a video on YouTube of them growing the bok choy and the things, mm-hmm. and one they left it for like 14 days or 12 or. 12 to 14 days, I can't remember, it was something in there. And, and they were like, and I think it's time to plant it now because there's a big flower on it. And I was like, well, that's not right. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, okay, so bok choy. Uh, it can handle full sun, but it grows better in part shade. Mm-hmm. So it just needs about three to five hours of sun every day for it to grow properly. Uh, you want... Uh, well-drained soil. Uh, I think this is pretty common with most vegetables is you want well-drained soil. Um, It needs quite a lot of water um, because if it gets too dry, it can bolt. Mm -hmm. But again, not what you want it to do. Um, In terms of harvesting, so, okay, so real simple. You can be careful when you plant it because you don't want it to be too hot or too cold. Make sure it's partial sun because you only want about three to five hours of sun. Uh, You don't want it to bolt. So if it starts growing flowers, it's probably not the greatest thing. (laughs) Uh, In terms of harvesting, uh, you usually harvest about 45 to 60 days after uh, germination, or germination, sorry, I should say, with the seeds. Yep. Germination. Germination. Yeah, that's a type of dog. It's a yeah. German Shepherd cross Dalmatian. <laughs> I was thinking of it like germs. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it could be that too. Yeah. Get that PPE on. 
Mm. Anyway, okay. Um, and then basically the way you harvest is you slice the plants off about uh, one inch above the ground. So this yep. is the best way to harvest. Mm -hmm. And then they should just re-sprout. Yep. Yep. So again, it's... Uh, uh, the the next lot of bok choy that'll come up from that is going to be smaller, but it's still like really good. It's still got all the nutrients that you want for it. Yep. Um, that is a lot to do with the. Okay, sorry. Let's talk about common pests and diseases. So, um, they do attract a few pests: um, cabbage loopers, cabbage worms, flea beetles um white flies aphids so you can companion plant uh with bok choy as well so that you can minimize uh the amount of um uh what am i saying you you're minimizing the pest damage or pest control <laughs> that's what i'm yeah. like what is the name for the little flies that fly around <laughs> things pests insects oh my gosh so stupid okay so when we start talking about companion planting um you probably want to do something like um uh chamomile or garlic or mint that can sort of um you know detract from the people that are the different pests that are around it if you want it to grow better then you can plant it with uh beets or beans carrots um cucumber lettuce uh nasturums uh potatoes sage spinach um so it kind of fits in with all of those mm. as well yeah uh and that is pretty much um how to grow did you forget what you were talking about? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, there was one more things that, uh, that I forgot to, to say. And that was the nasturtiums. The nasturtiums. Mm. Uh, they're really good for keeping the aphids away as well. So mm. nice. Yep. Anyway, sorry. I got fuddled up with my notes. <laughs> Nah, it's all good, mate. That was good. That was good. Yeah, there you go. That's how you. Uh, that's how you cook with. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! And that's not even in your notes. <laughs> no, it's not. And that is how you cook bok choy in the ground. Mm. It's mm. ground cooking. That is. Mm. It is a form of cooking. It's incubating. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? Lay off. Ground, <laughs> just lay off. All yeah. Right? It's uh, it's the first week back. I'm rusty. Mm. Mm. Need some WD forty, mate. Yeah, I do need some <laughs> WD forty. Oh, and you've been running too, so your body's probably feeling it. Yeah, my yeah. Well, I've only done two, but <laughs> but your body's probably feeling it. <laughs> yeah, my body is feeling it. It's definitely feeling it. Yeah, yeah no, it's good. Well, yeah. Hey, excellent episode back on bok choy. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Mm. Big, big fan of it nutritionally. Yeah. Yeah, and I had no idea. Yeah, I, I'm actually excited to use it in kimchi. Yeah, that'll be good. We, we'll, um, we'll have a kimchi off. Yeah. I feel like, and uh, I'm just going to say this, it's not a very versatile vegetable. 
not like not no cauliflower. Or yeah, let's. Thing. I mean, let's just be honest. Call it what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. it's used for stir fries and and Ross. soups. That's <laughs> yeah. it, man. That, that's all it's good for. Yeah, not for dipping in peanut butter. No, get that out. <laughs> I'm going to write to the internet and have that removed. <laughs> Just have it removed. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Mm. What, where I, would you be writing to? Is that to the US military? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump. Well, no. The, you know the internet was... I know exactly yeah. who... All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. All right. Um... For those who don't know, it was the US military. <laughs> you just had to get that in there. Uh, here's a little Tim bit for you. It's a Simon bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we should... Ooh, uh, it's a what? Sin bit. Sin bit, yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh. How about that? It took a turn. It did take a turn. Yeah. Uh, before we keep crapping on about uh, yeah. this... Let's wind this up. Basically, having They're too much the fiber in our mouth. They're playing the music. Yeah, we yeah. need to get off. Yeah. yeah, the Oscars are wrapping us up. <laughs> no, speaking of which, Oscar is wrapping me up. The little <laughs> my cat. Anyway, <laughs> he's playing the music. He's like, "Get off the call, man." Yeah. Uh, well, thank you everyone for your patience and uh, and not leaving us after we missed an episode on the break. And uh, we will be back in two weeks. Yeah, don't forget, two weeks. Mm, with another cracking episode. And in the next two, like in our next episode, we will be sharing with you all of the things we've been working on mm. and letting you know everything about that. It sounds exciting. It does sound exciting, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. So uh, stay tuned and we will see you there. And if you're not following us on Instagram, go and do that. And if you haven't rated us yet, haven't given us a good rating yet on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want any of these one-star ratings. (laughs) No, we're not interested in that. You can keep those. Uh, Mm. Look, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to give us a one-star rating after that spiel about kimchi. It was pretty, you know, it wasn't that great. (laughs) (laughs) No, Set don't. Down. don't <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually one of your best segments. Um, <laughs> apart from figs, <laughs> your figs, your fig episode was the best. That was amazing. Fig, yeah. fig. I've had lots oh, of feedback on that. And I, I forgot that my my brother sent me. I I told you he sent me a photograph. He's got me a fig. Oh yeah, yeah. So, That's cool. Uh, when oh, I can see him. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting a fig tree, and I got my and Jamie gave me a pomegranate. Uh, yeah, tree. tree. A pomegranate tree. I yeah. know, in a Darth Vader pot. I know, that was amazing. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. We're going to wind it up now. And we will see you in two weeks with a whole bunch of new stuff and another vegetable slash something that we're going to talk about. Something Fruit. edible. Yes. With some more fun facts and good reasons why you should eat it. But until next time, do yourself a favor and go eat some more plants.